0: Flyover Politics Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your
1: host,
2: Tony Reed.
1: before January 20th, Donald Trump will no longer be the commander-in-chief. He will lose control of the army, navy, air force, marines, special forces, and America's nuclear arsenal. On January 20th, Donald Trump will become the commander-in-chief of a different army. This army. The greatest threat facing America today comes from within. Radical extreme conservatives, also known as domestic terrorists. They are hidden among us, disguised behind regular jobs, They are your children's teachers. They work at supermarkets, malls, doctor's offices, and many are police officers and soldiers. For more than a decade, Donald Trump has spoken directly to white supremacists in their language.
3: Build that wall. Build that wall. Build that wall. Pocahontas, is it offensive? Oh.
1: Oh, I'm sorry about that.
3: Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown. Of Muslims entering the United States. In the middle of a presidential
1: debate, Donald Trump was asked to disavow white supremacy. He refused. Instead, he told the Proud Boys to stand back and stand by. Proud Boys, stand back and stand by. They heard their leader. They even responded to him on Twitter promising to stand by. And on January 6, 2021, Trump greenlit them. They suited up, they flew in, they took hotel rooms, they loaded their weapons, prepared their bombs, and they attacked with the intention of killing Nancy Pelosi and hanging Vice President Mike Pence. They were vocally saying, Where's the speaker? We
4: know she has staff, they're here someplace, we're going to find them.
1: In the years ahead, Trump will lead his army of domestic terrorists. He will encourage and incite violence. He will play the role of arsonist and fireman. He will start a civil war and then say things were more peaceful when he was president. We have to fight back. In this new war, the battlefield has changes. Computers can be more valuable than guns. And this is what we need now more than ever. An army of citizen detectives. I'm proposing we form a citizen army. Our weapons will be computers and cell phones. We who are monitoring extremists on the internet and reporting their findings to authorities. Remember, before the Navy SEALs killed Osama bin Laden, he had to be found. He was found by a CIA analyst working on a computer thousands of miles away. It's up to
5: you. War on terror? They got to cut it out, Tucker. They got to cut I, it I, out. This is dangerous. I
6: agree. I'm worried. And, and it is about power, or else they would make the faith based case against racism, which is the one that you and I grew up with in this country. They said, you're not, don't judge other people because what matters is inside, right? But I, I wonder you mentioned the BLM movement that really kind of took over a lot of the country, funded by our most powerful corporations over the summer. That is a political movement. Put it in context for us. What would you compare that to?
5: Well, I compare Black Lives Matters to the KKK. I I really do. And some people don't understand it. But if you go back to the 1860s, after the Emancipation Proclamation, the KKK was started and it was the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party. And What's the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party right now? Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They will come to your home and violate your home, try to intimidate the people in your home if they disagree with you politically. Black Lives Matter, a Marxist organization. Marxism is hostile towards religion. That's why I'm glad you went there today. These are... Atheist values being expressed from our leaders, demonizing individual citizens here in America, branding them as white supremacists because they decided, because we disagree with their opinion about something. This is lunacy
6: and it's dangerous. What I love about your analysis, and I think the reason you're able to see this so clearly. Um,
4: I was struck by something that President Biden said yesterday in his inaugural speech. He said there are truth and there are lies. Um, lies told for power and for profit. And I heard that as a direct shot at some of the media companies that lied about the election results. We know who they are. I mean, they're, they're, you know, right wing companies. Some are more fringe than others at this point or more, I guess, extreme than others. And so if they continue to engage in lies, something that he is trying to combat, what is your communication strategy? Will you deny those? networks, any interviews? I mean, what happens if they re- revert to form immediately?
2: Well, what, look, what I could say about our communication strategy is we we are committed to reaching uh, every American. That's another thing you heard President Biden say in his inaugural yesterday. He wants to, he called on all Americans to work together. And I can say as communications director, our focus is on making sure that we're reaching everybody. Now, obviously, if media companies are Uh, are willfully lying or um, uh, are not carrying forth straightforward, honest information from the president when we make him available or from administration officials when we make them available, uh, then, of course, that's something that we're going to think about and we're going to factor in. But our hope, writ large, is that we're going to be able to use all sorts of creative platforms. That we're going to be able to reach out in in all sorts of ways to meet people where they are. Um, we, you know, we love viewers who watch CNN, but we also love viewers who don't watch CNN. We people who are uh, on who are online, who are on Twitter, who are on digital platforms. So we're going to think comprehensively about how we can make sure that everybody. Uh, across the political spectrum and in all communities all across the country are hearing from President Biden, from Vice President Harris, and are hearing about the Biden agenda.
4: Viewers who don't watch CNN, your words make no (laughs) sense to me.
2: Um, Kate, Kate Headingfield, thank you. Thank you very much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Allison. I really appreciate it.
7: This is not going to be like any inauguration any of us has ever seen. You can bet on that. But it's exactly what we have come to expect from a disgraced president, a president who lost the election. And is the first in American history to have been impeached twice. The final days of his administration completely on brand, classless, braceless, unpresidential, all about ego. And here we are tonight in the divided states of America. We've seen where the president's hostile rhetoric and incompetence has taken our country to violent insurrection in our national. It, in our in our capital, I should say, threatening our democracy, and it is threatening our democracy to the brink of a horrifying 400,000 Americans dying dead of coronavirus. That's the America Joe Biden will inherit in just hours. Donald Trump's divisive, damaging president coming to an end. On the day we remember the life and work of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., less than two days from the moment that Kamala Harris makes history as the first black South Asian woman to become vice president of the United States. The Biden-Harris administration was elected to represent all Americans with more than 81 million people voting for them. But it was voters of color who put them over the finish line. Even as the current president until Wednesday at noon, anyway, deliberately tried to divide us. That is more and more of the Republicans who supported this president, who stood by him through every racist attack, even as he tried to disenfranchise millions of Americans, many of them voters of color. Those Republicans like Mike Pence, who were putting out empty tweets quoting Dr. King's words, can you believe it? Amazing. Like Mitch McConnell, who supported a president whose actions go against everything Dr. King stood for. Like Lindsey Graham. Who allegedly called georgia election officials to get them to throw out legal votes including large numbers from black voters ted cruz who even after the riot on capitol hill still voted against certifying the electoral college vote ivanka trump who called the rioters american patriots and then deleted the tweet one republican after another apparently hoping that you'll forget their support for a president who used race to pit americans against each other since you seem to want to understand dr martin luther king jr let me just give you another quote from him maybe you'll learn something in his letter from a birmingham jail dr king wrote in frustration about the white people who just didn't get it the people who stood in the way of progress and i quote here Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. You might want to read it. And you might want to stop and pay special attention to this part. Another quote. So the question is, not whether we will be extremist, but what kind of extremist will we be? Will we be extremists for hate? or for love? Will we be extremists for the preservation of injustice or for the extension of justice? We know which kind of extremist Dr. King was, and we know which kind of extremist Donald Trump is. Donald Trump created an environment where white supremacists and conspiracy theorists overran the capital of the United States of America. He used race to divide us from the very beginning from the racist birther lie that the former president, Barack Obama, was not born in this country to both sides in Charlottesville, to dancing around the question of whether he disavowed the former leader of the Ku Klux Klan.
6: And if he wasn't born in this country, which is a real possibility, I'm not saying it happened, I'm saying it's a real possibility, then he has pulled one of the great cons in the history of politics.
3: You also had
8: people that were very fine people on both sides.
3: You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me. I saw the same pictures as you did. Well, just so you understand, I don't know anything about David Duke, okay? I don't know anything about what you're even talking about with uh, white supremacy or white supremacists.
7: All of that is the opposite of what Dr. King stood for, what he died for more than 50 years ago. The former first lady... Michelle Obama, with some wise words today, and I quote here. She says, leadership based on lies and mistrust and demonizing those who don't agree with you or look like you, that kind of leadership will always end badly, whether in destruction, lawlessness, or death. But leadership based in honesty, she says, truth, compassion toward others, leadership driven by Dr. King's inescapable network of mutuality, this is true Patriotism. She's right. That's true patriotism. That is love of our country. And welcome back to part two of the
0: 23rd of January show. That intro pretty much says it all. You got your Whitlock, I mean that's an African American saying it. You got your Don Winslow, which is once again scaring the shit out of me that they think people are that way. You have allison Camarado actually actually asking the communication director. Are you going to retaliate anybody other than us? And then you have Don Lemon, once again, everybody's a fucking racist. You're just all racist. But he's the fucking racist. I mean, really think about the media landscape. I know some of it is the fact that they're trying to win, you know. So they're going to bash Fox and things like that. But not that many people are watching other networks. But if you told some if I told somebody I watched Spicer and Company, oh my god, Spicer's a liar. What press secretary isn't a liar? Pisaki's already liared a bunch of times, dodged, and the media lauded her for it. So she's a great gal. I mean, she's a great gal. What a great press briefing. Democracy. I mean, this is why people are angry. This is why people are in the street on both sides. Because regardless of where you go, you can't trust a fucking thing anybody says. When Obama can get away for eight years, you're not going to lose the doctor. You can keep your health care. And everybody gets ass raped, including me, with three rate changes. Granted, not that high compared to normals. But I went in the army when it was free for life for me and my family. That went away with the bathwater of the Clintons. And if you think I'm making it up, I have a longer version of that we're going to play at the end of the show, but here's MSDNC.
4: To be clear, we've had 45 American presidencies, some good, some great, some terrible, but we've never had a president quite like Donald J. Trump. No American president, not even the truly venal ones like Andrew Johnson or Andrew Jackson or racist Woodrow Wilson or... Ricky Richard Nixon who was, was elected with the help of a foreign power. None of them, let alone a hostile foreign power like Russia. And none of them has been as servile to a foreign government as Trump has been to the Kremlin and to Vladimir Putin personally.
9: Well, I'm someone who believes that racism is not just um, animus that kind of lives in the hearts of some people. But unfortunately, in this country is our national inherent inheritance and, and national shame. Um, in order to really overcome it, we need to confront it. And I certainly believe that uh, if racism and white supremacy were alone disqualifying um, for, the, uh, for the holder of an office, then uh, we would not have had Donald Trump become president. So I think we really need to start to reckon with the role that white supremacy has played not just in this country, but in the past four years, in producing someone like Donald Trump. Um, I don't think it would have been possible without white supremacy and without racism. And so I I think it's really important that as we talk about unity and moving forward, we really start to confront that challenge. Um, I think I'm very hopeful because when we saw what happened on, on January 6th, a lot of Americans of goodwill saw the true face of... White supremacy and of, of Trumpism at its core. And so that's not what we want as a country. Uh, no matter where you are in the political spectrum, um, if you are somebody who loves this country, you want to confront this and overcome it. So Joe Biden has his work cut out for, for him, but so, so do we all. And I think, you know, unless we actually root out this racism, we will never overcome this challenge, and we might find ourselves right back in the same position. Uh, You know, foreign countries, if you think about the Soviet Union, they know that this is our greatest weakness. That's why during the civil rights movement, they sought to exploit it and to exploit those tensions. They did the same thing with Donald Trump. This will happen over and over and over again. Uh, What is preventing us from coming together to fight our real enemies, like COVID, is racism. It is at the heart of what allowed Donald Trump free reign to terrorize the American people for four years. And it will continue to do so in other forms. It did so before Donald Trump, it will do so again, unless we confront it and defeat it together.
4: Yesterday, I was also heartened to see Washingtonians posting photos of their neighborhoods on social media and tagging them with We Are DC. It is a much needed reminder to the world that our city has so much to offer outside of the federal enclave. And actually, all of these neighborhoods are what will become the 51st state of Washington, DC. So keep sharing those photos. Make sure that you're signed up for inauguration alerts. Remember that if you see something unusual, say something when you have um, guards coming, guardsmen and women coming from all over the country at this time, uh, I do think uh, that it is, is prudent uh, to make sure that, that they are being vetted uh, and that anybody who cannot pledge uh, allegiance to um, to their mission uh, and may be by other views, needs not only to be removed from this duty, they need to be removed from the
2: guard.
0: I purposely put that cartoon and this up during all that. Remember when people were d- occupying federal buildings, police buildings, city halls, destroying property. You were a racist. An- you were a fucking dictator. If you called out National Guard, federal troops, try to do something to quell the violence. That piece of shit you just heard brought crew-served weapons out to Washington, D.C. Off a line. There was no intel. Everybody knows there's no intel. They're just doing it to make a point. And then you bring the next president in. Next article I got. Hey, remember when executive orders were, were controversial? Not anymore. Right off the bat. Let, let's just listen to this. This is how it's now carried in the media. Oh. Where's the volume? Inter- yeah, I was trying. To... Eh, it's not going to play. Let me flip the page. The page is fucked up. Sorry about that, folks. Immigration, federal mass mandate repeal the Muslim travel ban, extend eviction foreclosure moratorium, rejoin Parents' Accord, and rejoin WHO. Plus $15 an hour that nobody wants to talk about. Here's everything you need to know about his executive. Immigration. Biden's first directives on the issue of immigration are polar opposites of Trump's enacted during the first week and months of his office in a series of executive orders Biden halted further construction of the wall it shall be a policy of my administration that no more American taxpayer dollars be diverted to construct a border wall I'm also directing a careful review of all resources appropriated or redirected to construct a southern border wall just remember he was for it before he was against it because everybody was for it back in the day but they have walls all over Washington they're walling you out on social media In a separate order, Baton established the new guidelines to preserve and fortify the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrival Program, commonly known as DACA. Let's just get to the bottom line. Saw a great segment on Tucker, read a couple articles on it. Here's the reality. It doesn't matter if you murder people. You're not getting deported for 100 days. And it didn't start years ago. Everybody in here is going to get a password. Way to citizenship as long as I came before January 1st. They're in the same heap as somebody who's been hiding out forever. And then he's going to do $15 an hour with it. $15 an hour. I see people, liberals, that I know all of a sudden the bell is going off in their head. They're fucked. Now you take just me and the wife. In our 50s, had careers, COVID destroyed hers, the Obama administration destroyed my company on a false bullshit. Granted, there was a lot more to it, but that's how I always look at it. Do you think we're going to get a job? Because on top of they won't talk about You have the transgender shit, which with it brings quotas. That all males who just feel like it, whether they take hormones or not, get to compete in girls' sports and bathrooms and quotas. Think about all the EO stuff that is coming down, my friends. You put that with 19 million illegal immigrants that are now all going to be legal and will go to the top of the list for everything. $15 an hour and you must hire people by race. Think about that. Do you think you're going to have a job? Climate change, the Paris Accord, coronavirus, Biden issued a slew of orders regarding the the pandemic. Um, He signed an order that requires all federal employees and contractors to wear masks in any federal building, stopping a short ...of a national mass mandate that would fa- face legal and constitutional scrutiny. However, it encouraged masses across America, which Biden indicated he would do as part of the first 100 days. The Democrats signed an order that directed the White House to combat the spread of coronavirus... ...included by setting up positions coordinator for the COVID-19 response. The president also joined the WHO economy. Biden administration made two main decisions on the economy. First, involving extending a pause in federal student loan payments through progressives had urged him to give go further... Too many Americans are struggling, blah, blah, blah. The second extends a federal moratorium on evictions and instructs federal agencies. Race and sexuality. In November, Trump tried to uh, sign the 1776 Commission. It's been scrapped. Uh, uh, Biden ended Trump's commission and created a new standard of equity for undeserved communities. It instructs the Domestic Policy Council to work to remove systemic barriers, to provide equal access to opportunity and benefits, identity uh, identify communities, the federal government has undeserved, and develop policies designed to advance them. Biden also signed an order that enforces prohibition on sex discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation. Ethics and regulations. Biden rescinded a variety of executive orders from his predecessor that dealt with the regulatory approval process and ordered the Office of Management a Budget and Office of Information and Regulatory Affairs to modernize regulatory reviews. Lastly, Biden ordered all federal employees take a new government ethics pledge, which the White House states is designed to restore and maintain public trust in governments. It is a purity test by everything I have seen. It's directly going towards conservatives. And and I really want to ask you, if there is no gender now at the federal level, gender does not exist, why are we always saying things are sexist? Why are we saying she's the first female vice president? There is no gender. You sign an executive order that says there is no gender. I watched a great piece last night from a lady who has started this pledge, and I haven't looked up the document. It's a actual why they do this LGBTQEIEIO, and they won't give up as feminist wants and from what her, she said, gays and lesbian want. They don't want the transgender stuff lumped in with them because they don't believe it's the same thing. Sexual orientation is not sexual identity. They're two different things. And she said it's money. They make all sorts of money. So that's why the LGBT mafia keep it together. Those things right there, whether you want to agree with it or you think it's woke or whatever, it is going to destroy this economy. Illegals, quota systems to hire, $15 an hour. There you go. You're getting a double barrel of go fuck yourself. $15 an hour will destroy this economy. There are this many people unemployed. I will bet you a dollar to a fucking donut. It'll triple by summer. Once it goes in effect, you're fucked. Everything will be automated. I mean, if you look at a McDonald's now, there's one person on the counter. That person's going away. Everybody will drive through. You'll just drive through. And they'll figure out a way to get a machine to fill your coke and shove your shit out of win- window like the fucking Jetsons. Because they're still going to make theirs. They got to, to stay alive. It's a franchise. Dude didn't do it to be noble and hand out burgers. And then you saw, with the last one, and I, I want to make sure I, I understand it, and, and you understand it, and even though it's explanatory. You're all racist. Every fucking one of you is a racist. You're all KKK. This country is still garbage, even though we put Betsy Ross back up and sang the pledge. We had flags flying, and it was so patriotic, and he's bringing out George Washington busts and all this shit, even though they're all racist. And they're going to hit the media. Yes, this is real. CNN business. Right-wing media holds Biden bash fest, foreshadowing its next four years of coverage. President Joe Biden implored Americans in his inaugural speech to come together and unify, but the right-wing media machine has wasted no time dishonestly trashing him, foreshadowing what the next four years of coverage from the outlets like Fox News will look like. On Fox News Wednesday night, the network decided against airing most of the Celebrating America inaugural special, which every other network carried, opting instead to allow propagandists like Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity to deliver fiery anti-Biden sermons. Dr. Valena, I have house plants that have more self-awareness than CNN. The whole world says, what about you? What did Tucker say? Well, we might as well just play it now. Let's listen. This isn't propaganda. This
6: is fact. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Happy Inauguration Day. It's a big moment for the country. A changing of the guard, a peaceful transfer of power another reassuring display of the awesome pageantry of constitutional government. There were solemn speeches today, sworn oaths, belted anthems, all echoing against the backdrop of 26,000 smartly attired federal troops who were guarding our capital city from unseen threats. It was quite a display. It was all a lot to take, really. So like many of you, we flipped on the tube to see what it meant, and here's what we learned. Uh, joe biden respects government he respects people who disagree with him he listens to them i think that uh, joe biden is going to train us to see the world differently
3: he
8: plans to usher in a new era of hope
4: and the action he's promising the minute he takes office we've gone from indecency
10: to decency he filled that
3: empathy void there was not one part of that that wasn't just medicine in the wound
8: those lights that are that are just shooting out from the Lincoln Memorial uh, along the reflecting pool.
6: I look, it's like almost uh, extensions of Joe Biden's arms embracing America. It was a moment where the new president came to town. So to recap, Joe Biden respects people's differences, but at the same time, he's going to train us to be very different from the way we are. He will bring hope and decency. He will fill the yawning void where our empathy should be. He is medicine. Joe Biden's arms, lean and hard from decades of empathetic labor on our behalf, will encircle us like lights from the Lincoln Memorial. And at that point, well, God knows anything is possible. If there is a thin bead of sweat forming on your upper lip as you think about all of this, that's okay. Don't feel shame. Shame isn't necessary now. Joe Biden is here. And not just Joe Biden. Jill Biden, too. Mrs. Biden. Dr. Biden. Together, the two of them, MSNBC informed us, will redeem this nation through their love behold
4: what a story though what a great love story between jill biden and joe biden it's just a different kind of marriage this is a love match like the obamas were so i think that'll be healing for the country too
6: the biden's marriage is healing for all of us for the country the biden's love is america's love jill and joe are the mother and father of this nation. From their loins, we are born and yet reborn. May their names emerge from our lips in praise forever. And so on. That was Cable News Today. The funny thing is, and there are many funny things going on right now, every person with a microphone in every TV studio in America today knew the fuller truth when they said things like the ones you just heard. They knew, for example, for certain that Joe Biden isn't well. Everyone in Washington knows that. But no one said it out loud, not a word. They withheld that news from you, as they have for months. So much for speaking truth to power. On the other hand, what did you expect? You've watched The Lying for years now. You know what it is. You figured out how it works. So it dawned on us today that maybe we ought to stop playing all these stupid media clips every night. It's like watching the town drunk throw up on himself over and over again. Obviously, it's repulsive and shocking. It's hard to turn away. But can you really be surprised by it? Throwing up on themselves is what town drunks do. If you keep watching them as they do it, maybe after a while you are part of the problem. Maybe so. In any case, we flipped off CNN and decided to check out Joe Biden's speech for ourselves. And it was interesting, actually, both for what it said and for what it didn't say. One particular part of this speech stuck out especially. Now, we didn't support Joe Biden for president. You probably guessed that. But if we're being totally honest here and we want to be honest, we have to say it was very hard to disagree with this specific part of the address. Watch
11: on this January day, my whole soul is in this bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause with unity. We can do great things, important things.
6: Bringing America together, Biden said, uniting our people, uniting our nation, to which we said as we watched it and we meant it when we did. Amen unity. That is precisely what this country needs more than it needs anything. We are all in this together, every single American, and we have no choice but to hang together. Let's finally accept that we are one country and act like we are and make this a better place for everyone. Unity. No decent person opposes that. If Joe Biden can bring unity to this country, he will be a legitimately great president. But there's a catch. There always is a catch. We're going to bring America together, Joe Biden told us today, but not everyone is going to be included. Unity doesn't mean every single American because not everyone who is born within our borders really is an American. Some of us are beyond the pale of citizenship, morally. We may have American passports and birth certificates, but effectively, we are hostile foreigners. We are the enemy. We must be defeated. Here's who Joe Biden says those people are.
11: A rise of political extremism, white supremacy, Domestic terrorism that we must confront and we will defeat.
6: We will defeat political extremists, domestic terrorists, white supremacists. Those are America's enemies. We must wage war against them. We must quote defeat those people. That's what Biden said today. It seemed like a highly significant part of his speech and maybe a significant part of the Democratic Party's governing agenda going forward. We're not imagining this we weren't the only ones who noticed it people who voted for joe biden heard it too watch i heard a
7: declaration of war against white supremacy and against the lies that brought our democracy to the brink and president-elect biden will inherit an unprecedented domestic security crisis
6: a declaration of war against white supremacy Now, you may not have noticed that because on one level, it's not very remarkable. Not many Americans support white supremacy. Most people in this country find it disgusting, of course, and they should. But the question is, what is it exactly? Now that we're waging war on white supremacists, can somebody tell us in very clear language what a white supremacist is? That's not some picayune semantic question. Joe Biden isn't a high school debate coach. Joe Biden is the new president of the United States. Joe Biden controls the largest military and largest law enforcement agencies in the world. He has now declared war. So we should know specifically and precisely who exactly he has declared war on. We have a right to know that. Innocent people could be hurt in this war, they usually are. There could be collateral damage in this war and the casualties will be Americans. So again, what is a white supremacist? You might be surprised to learn just how broad the definition for that has become. Bloomberg News has described a wall along our southern border as, quote, a monument to white supremacy, so be certain not to support that. Colin Kaepernick, who seems to have the unequivocal support of corporate America, calls the 4th of July an example of white supremacy. So you'd better put away the fireworks and the hot dogs. The United States Army, a trusted institution if there ever was one, has used an entire manual on what is and what is not white supremacy. So you should know this among the telltale signs of a committed white supremacist are these celebrating columbus day using the term american exceptionalism any support for federal border security or english only measures or quote education funding from property taxes all white supremacy using the phrase there's only one human race is white supremacy too according to the army and of course voting for donald trump all white supremacy here's the problem let's say you don't buy those definitions Let's say you're, for example, white but poor, and you have trouble accepting the idea that you're benefiting from some kind of structural advantage. We better shut up about it if you know what's good for you, because according to the United States Army, the quote, denial of white privilege is a classic sign of, yes, white supremacy. So no complaining. You can see the problem with this. We definitely can see the problem. This show was not on the air for six months before there was an organized and highly aggressive campaign by prominent Democrats to denounce us as white supremacists. The first time it happened, the people who work on this show, many of them kids, were shocked and horrified by that. White supremacists? What's worse than that? The phrase evokes images of burning crosses and lynchings, it's awful. In our case, it was totally undeserved. This show is completely opposed to the practice of judging people on the basis of their skin color. We have said that repeatedly every week for four years. No show in all media has said it more or meant it more sincerely. Why have we said that? Why are we opposed to judging people on the basis of their race? Not simply because we were taught to oppose doing that, though we were, but because it's immoral. And it's immoral because we believe in God. That's the real answer. Believing in God doesn't make you a good person, unfortunately, but believing in God does answer the question of where we came from. God made us. That's what believers believe. Once you understand that, it is impossible to think that any one race is inherently better or worse than any other race because God made every person. God assigns identical moral value to every individual. God cares about all of us equally. So we are judged by what we do, not by how we were born. We really believe that. Most Americans really believe that. It's not an accident that Martin Luther King was a Christian minister, and that Joseph Stalin and Mao Zedong were not. Secular leaders are the ones most likely to count their populations by race, and then to embrace collective punishment through history they often have. We've said all of that before on the show many times. So the question is, why have they kept denouncing us as, of all things, white supremacists? We've thought a lot about that. You should think a lot about it too now that the Biden administration has declared war on people they claim have white supremacist ideas. In our case, it all started when we began criticizing the people in charge. Other channels fill their air with attacks on so-called Proud Boys, whoever they are, or the QAnon enthusiasts, or gun owners in central Pennsylvania who fix air conditionings for a living and tend to vote the wrong way. They go after those people, and you can see why. Attacking those people isn't hard. None of them have real power. They don't, let's be honest, they don't. But private equity does have power, a lot of power. So does Google, so does Citibank, so does the government of China, so does even silly Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez with her massive social media accounts. Those are the people who run our country and they don't like to be criticized. On the other hand, they don't care to defend themselves directly with reason and fact, often they can't do that. So instead they denounce you, your critics, their critics as white supremacists and then they just ignore what you say. Fine, we've dealt with this for years. We're used to it. It no longer hurts our feelings. We understand what's going on. But there's a new regime in power starting today, and they seem to be planning to accelerate things dramatically. They're getting the FBI and the Pentagon involved in this hunt for people who may criticize them. That's a very big change, and you should understand what it's really about. Jason Whitlock is a journalist. We're always happy to have him on the show. Jason, thanks so much for coming on tonight. No one ever says this, but I think it's true that the bulwark against white supremacy, supremacy of any kind, racial supremacy of any kind is faith and that people of faith are far less likely. In fact, they're commanded not to judge people on the basis of how they were born. Why does nobody say that? Tucker, I'm so glad you're going there because
5: you're speaking the absolute truth. This is secular values blossoming and coming into power and the left and this power elite, I just can't blame the, the, the just the left, political elites are demonizing the people they are supposed to represent. This is an attack on the American people. Black people, as I said on Monday, are being fooled into thinking this is some sort of defense of us. It is not. When you start talking about basically a war on white supremacist, basically a war on people that you disagree with politically because that's all this is. Whoever the left disagrees with gets painted as a white supremacist. It's happened to me. I'm black. I'm proudly black (laughs) with two black parents, black siblings. I'm in no denial. I'm actually, I'm proud of being black. But now I'm, because I express conservative values conservative non-political values i'm seen as a friend of white supremacists i'm a white supremacist anybody that disagrees with the left is a white supremacist and now with this war on white supremacy just like the war on drugs was an attack on the working class and poor we're about to see it all over again and and i just want to reach out to black people and to quit let's quit being used as a pawn by a political organization the left Democrats let's they're punching down they're attacking 75 million people that voted for Trump and in that attack they're also attacking you. trust me exactly. at some point they're coming for you as well. This is not a defense of you this whole thing. I've lived long enough to know the racial progress America has made. And so we're, today in his speech about white supremacy and people, Nicole Wallace talking about truth and the the lies that have been told have justified this violence at the Capitol. What about the lies we listened to all summer about the police killing black people randomly and they got everybody wound up in riots and violence all across the country police officers assassinated citizens assassinated no one gets blamed for that but people walk into the capitol unarmed and and this is the this is pearl harbor this is 9 11 all over again and we have to have a war on white supremacy like we had a war on terror they got to cut it out tucker They gotta cut it out, this is dangerous. I
6: agree, I'm worried, and and it is about power, or else they would make the faith-based case against racism, which is the one that you and I grew up with in this country. They said, don't judge other people because what matters is inside, right? But I, I wonder, you mentioned the BLM movement that really kind of took over a lot of the country funded by our most powerful corporations over the summer. That is a political movement. Put it in context for us, what would you compare that to?
5: Well, I compare Black Lives Matter to the KKK. I, I really do, and some people don't understand it, but if you go back to the 1860s, after the Emancipation Proclamation, the KKK was started, and it was the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party. And what's the enforcement arm of the Democratic Party right now? Black Lives Matter and Antifa. They will come to your home and violate your home, try to intimidate the people in your home, if they disagree with you politically. Black Lives Matter, a Marxist organization, Marxism is hostile towards religion, that's why I'm glad you went there today. These are atheist values being expressed from our leaders, demonizing individual citizens here in America, branding them as white supremacists because they decided because we disagree with their opinion about something. This is
6: lunacy and it's dangerous. What I love about your analysis. And I think the reason you're able to see this so clearly when so many others don't is you understand these struggles as about power as, as one group trying to impose its will upon another, that, that really is the central dynamic in politics It's power, right? It's not, it's not primarily race. It's power. And I don't know why that's not obvious to more people. They've come up with a strategy,
5: Tucker, the Democrats, you got to tip your hat to them. It's an evil strategy, but it is working. They have convinced the public, if you want to not be considered racist, support Democrats, support the left. That's the way to inoculate yourself from ever being accused of racism or being a sellout to your black race. That is their political strategy. That's what they're offering the people. We can protect you from being smeared as a racist. Joe Biden offered no policies today. There were platitudes and generalizations and attacks on President Trump. There was no vision expressed for America and how we move this country forward. There was no offer of unity. Again, as we said a a week or two ago, You have to reach out to these 75 million people and say, hey, I know you're struggling and I know you're frustrated with this country. Let's have a conversation and let's quit smearing each other. Let me hear your concerns and try to address some of them. We're not doing that. So I don't see any unity being promoted and boy, would, I think
6: all of us would be so grateful for unity. Jason Whitlock, I appreciate your coming on tonight. Thank you.
5: So I know looking forward
8: that the members of the the Biden team who have been nominated or have been appointed are now moving in laser-like fashion to try to uncover as much as they can about what looks very similar to insurgency movements that we've seen overseas,
5: mm-hmm.
8: where they germinate in different parts of a country and they gain strength and it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of religious, ex- religious extremists, authoritarians, fascists, bigots, uh, racists, nativists, uh, even libertarians. And unfortunately, I think there has been this momentum that has been generated as a result of, unfortunately, the demagogic rhetoric of people that's just departed government, but also those who continue in the halls of Congress. And so I really do uh, think that the law enforcement, Homeland Security, intelligence, and even the defense officials doing everything possible to root out what seems to be a very, very serious and insidious threat to our democracy. Now, it's going to take a long time. It's probably going to take many, many years, far beyond the Biden administration, to try to repair some of the damage that has been done by Donald Trump. But I know that Joe Biden is determined to do it.
2: It's going to be a challenge, and I think the major challenge, while I agree with um, Brennan about the the news medias that spew lies and the online platforms where you can go for your favorite conspiracy theory. We're ignoring the fact that the majority of Republicans that serve in the building that we watched all day today went along with the lies.
11: There's a broader societal issue that is going to take many years to detox the disinformation, the lies, the hate that has been spread. A whole segment of the American population has been radicalized by what has happened over the last four years. And I think there's a lot of work to be done uh, to, to deal with the broader societal issues that go beyond what even national security, homeland security professionals could do.
7: And the connective tissue between the, the twin crises, the twin challenges, if you will, is disinformation. But
11: rather, can the government work with these tech companies to determine how they can at least slow the spread of this poisonous disinformation? And then the last piece, Nicole, is one that you have thought a lot about, I know, too, which is can the Republican Party finally stand up and and tell their people the truth? And this is what Mitt Romney said so powerfully the night of January 6th, which is leadership is telling people the truth. Uh, And if we get enough Republicans who are willing to do that, I think the combination of what Joe Biden can do, what can be done through policy, what can be done with tech companies, uh, and hopefully what at least a somewhat more responsible Republican Party can do, can begin to drain the toxicity out of our democracy.
3: When, when two former uh, West Wing staffers talk, we, we always
7: talk in lists. You gave me three things I want to respond to. Let, let, let me start with, with your last point about Republicans telling the truth. It, it would be my policy that a Republican must assert the truth before they're allowed to share any other views. Yeah.
2: Tonight, the president gets down to business working to unravel the last four years, signing 17 executive actions, including a mask mandate exactly one year since the first case of coronavirus came to our shores. And tonight in a newly redecorated Oval Office, he's already getting down to business, signing a series of sweeping executive actions that roll back his predecessor's policies and recommit America to being part of the global community.
11: Mr. Biden wasted no time getting to work in the Oval Office, signing executive orders ending construction launched by President Trump on the southern border wall, scrapping his so-called Muslim travel ban and rejoining the Paris
6: Climate Agreement. The new president is not trying to sugarcoat the enormous challenges he and we as a nation are inheriting from President Trump. Uh, Biden has already signed a flurry of executive orders and actions working to undo much of the legacy of Donald Trump, who fled Washington before the transfer of power took place. Now President Biden
10: is trying to appeal to end what he called...
0: I know, it's, it's a double Whitlock, but I don't feel bad about it. And then you see two networks undoing Trump. That's what the media says. That's okay, to undo Trump. There's been so much Brennan...
8: Official rando made this video. And it brings together an unholy alliance frequently of... Muckers,
5: buggerers.
8: Religious extremists, authoritarians.
5: Bushwhackers, hornswagglers.
8: Fascists, bigots.
5: Horse thieves, bull dykes.
8: uh, Racists, nativists.
5: Train robbers, bank robbers, ass kickers,
1: shit kickers.
8: Even libertarians.
1: And Methodists!
5: (laughs) Could you repeat that, sir?
8: They're
0: so full of themselves. Now reports coming out, Twitter crackdown severely harmed Republicans and helped data Democrats data shows. Out of all forty-five Democrats in the Senate, only two lost followers in January, while the rest gained thousands. The majority of Republicans, however, lost followers during the same period, according to data from the social media analytics website Social Blade. Overall, sixty-eight percent of Republican senators lost followers in January, compared to .04. Just to show you a few, Lindsey Graham lost one hundred and eighteen thousand. Republican Senators lost tens of thousands of followers, including Senator Grassley lost 56,000. Rubio lost 85,000. Rand Paul lost 77,000. So the whole, oh, they're taking away my followers, it's all a a conspiracy? No, they were intentionally removing followers because they didn't want them to have anybody to talk to. And then you start getting into this stuff, all right? Ely. Eli Mistal, from a Correspondence from the Nation. I really wish, I, and I'm just going to rapid fire these, I really wish I could get hired by this administration as director of petty. There are going to be Trumpers throughout this system and need to be punished but can't be fired or jailed. For those people, somebody with my creativity in making enemies suffer is required. Unity. Actor Tim Matheson. So wonderful to have a first lady with class and heart and can speak English. He deleted it. It was captured. New York Times contributor Will Wilkinson. Also deleted this. Aha! Biden proposes policies I dislike. His call for unity is a lie. Is all the forlorn conservative mind could see and muster. Sad. If Biden really wanted unity, he'd lynch Mike Pence. He he wasn't fired. Facebook purges conspiracy theorists on the right still allows Antifa. Facebook newsroom released an update proclaiming it had purged dangerous groups, but by far but far left groups reportedly tried, tied to violence continue to operate unimpeded from August to November. We removed about 3,200 pages, 18,800 groups, 100 events, 23,300 Facebook profiles, and 7,400 Instagram accounts for violating our policy against militarized social movements. The same blog, an update to how we address movements and organizations tied to violence, we removed about 3,000 pages, 9,800 groups, 420 events, 16,200 Facebook profiles, and 25,000 Instagram accounts for just talking about Q anon. But until after, and where is it? Curious timing. Breaking: Twitter has suspended several prominent Anifa accounts. The base BK is one of them. The base is Extreme Bookstore in Brooklyn that has been used as ANAFA Training Center. Revolutionary Abolitionist Movement, Rev. A- Rev Abolition New York City, and MFGM. Democrats, we are done with them. Do with them as you will. Last night, Biden's stormtroopers tear gas cons- concerned anti-fascist protesters, and now Big Tech is stepping in to silence them. This is not normal. This is Germany. This is a clear assault by the Stasi arm of the Biden administration on free speech and protected rights in this country. But Trump tweets, and everybody was just, of course, being a smartass, because that's, that's what it was under Trump. California activists charged for ramming a car into a Trump supporter Nothing happened to him. Now accused of beating two men at another protest. It doesn't matter. I voted for Biden because Trump was yucky. String of tweets from Protein Wisdom mocking Never Trump outlets hilariously spot on. I'm going to read these because they're really good. Today at the Dispatch, the true conservative case for cheap illegal labor, energy dependence, and the healing properties of identity politics as a historical remedy to institutionalize white supremacy and white fragility. Today at the Bulwark, yes, Edmund Burke would have supported surrendering national sovereignty to global bureaucratic institutions, people largely by despots. <laughs> Today's Kathy Young piece is a must-read. Biden's normalization of sex as a social construct diminishes diminishes womanhood and paves the way for pseudoscience to control national policy. Also, I voted for him because Trump was yucky. Today, Project Lincoln piece, wait, so I get to go into women's bathrooms now? How tits is that? Today's Amanda Carpenter piece is actually quite thought-provoking. How a Biden hair sniff will unify a country overrun with Walmart shoppers who should hurry up and die from fentanyl poisoning and opiate abuse, paving the way for measures and productive national discourse. Today, Bill Kristol, no, it's not socialism. It's a return to compassionate conservatism. Only this time, its implementation comes courtesy of serious, sober political pros, the GOP is to survive. It'll do as Marxists tell it to do. Also, let's bomb some shit. <laughs> David French. My God, why God is is okay with baby killing, provided it's done in an anodone tone by men or women with spotless character. Kevin Williamson piece. Limpid Trump cultists, bemoan return to taking it in the ass. Then pretending not to have just taken it in the ass by deploying an acid tongue quip that will suggest a disgust with all points on the political spectrum, and he goes on. It's all true. They're all for it. Alec Baldwin, I had a dream of Trump being hung with a noose, made of recycled COVID masks. That's a tweet. It was allowed to be put up. It's okay. Nobody care. Nobody cares. Nobody fucking cares. Lincoln Project, Steve Schmidt. Mm. Mm. let's just listen
2: where do republicans go from here as one former member of trump's justice department told the atlantic quote we're about to see a whole political party to a large scale version of the new phone who dis it's going to be like that boyfriend you never should have dated the mistake that shall not be mentioned do you think that's how republicans are going to treat trump or will he be the kingmaker he thinks he is
5: There's a,
0: there's, a, there's a great flaw in the strategy, and it's this. The winners write history, and they're the losers. And they're the architects of sedition and insurrection, violence, and death. 147 members of Congress, all Republicans, all white, rose to throw out millions of black votes. How many companies in this country have signed pledges in
10: favor of racial justice, supporting Black Lives Matter? I don't see how they can ever make a donation again that goes to any of those members who
1: sought to re
0: No fucking wonder McCain lost. That's never Trumpers. That's who they are. I don't like him, so I can't vote for him. I'll vote for our country to be destroyed and conservatism never hold the White House again because that's what just happened. You get 19 million illegals, You fucking get rid of the filibuster because they're already talking about doing reconciliation. Reconciliation is their cloaked words for we're going to not do anything but 51 votes. And we have them. We have our 50 Democrats and we have Camilla Harris who hates America. So they'll get whatever they want. They'll be D.C. as a state and you'll just shut the fuck up. All you never Trumpers, just shut the fuck up. My closing thoughts, I'll once again say why I voted for Trump twice, but I'm a piece of shit Nazi to never Trumpers, liberals, the media. It's not about liking people. Fuck, you shouldn't like any of these politicians. They're pieces of fucking shit. New York Times writer, shaken by driving through America. I just took a 1600 mile road trip from Washington to St. Louis and back. I was shaken by what I saw. Almost everywhere I stopped, gas stations, restaurants, hotels, across Maryland, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Indiana, Illinois. There was a sign on the door saying that people had to wear masks to enter, and almost everywhere, most people ignored it. At a Fairfield Inn in Ohio, a middle-aged couple sat unmasked on a lobby sofa for hours, drinking beer and scrolling through their phones. The hotel staff evidently did nothing about it. At a convenience store in Indiana, a hand drawn sign on the door read, face masks are required. Please do not enter without one. Customers did anyway. Nationwide, about half of Americans aren't wearing masks when it's close contact with people outside their households, according to a survey by the University of Southern California. That's not a biased survey. Sure. Yeah, okay, that's like doing a Fox survey. Shut the fuck up. Wearing a mask isn't much fun, I realize, but the inconvenience sure seems worth the benefit. Study after study have shown that masks reduce virus spread. That's actually false. Study after study have shown whether you wear a mask or not, people are getting at the same rate. You take blue states that have been locked down forever. You take red states that have been locked not been locked down forever. They're getting the same, 110,000 cases a day. That's science, man. It's fucking math. I'm sorry math doesn't work for you. With Well, well I'm sure Biden's going to take care of that. Math is a social construct, so numbers don't matter. Wearing a mask. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Millions of Americans who decide they would prefer more COVID for their communities and potentially for their families and themselves to more masks. Accelerating the vaccination campaign is an urgent task for the Biden. And he seems to have a plan. That's Trump's plan. But just add 80,000 more. Good job. But if he doesn't find a way to persuade more Americans to do their part to slow the virus spread, a lot more people will die in the meantime. I feel like I just drove across a country that's losing a winnable fight. Scott Coleman. And yet they're performing at the numbers are better than the same states that are locked down. Does critical thinking escape the left entirely? Sure it does. It's dogma. They don't think through things. Everything is circular logic for progressives, never Trumpers, people that hated Trump. It's a circular logic. Their arguments always circle back on it's okay if a D, D, well, fuck it. I can't do hand signs. Fucking D is behind somebody's name because they're good people. Alex Berenson. I've known David 30-plus years. He's a decent, honorable, mathematically aware, and very smart, and he seems to have lost his mind. I don't understand this story at all. The risk of a 1,600-mile drive all by itself overwhelms any benefit of being vaccinated a couple weeks early or wearing a mask. No fucking shit. Why would you take that drive if COVID was so bad? If you're appalled by what you see outside the Beltway, maybe it's a sign you spend too much time here in the DMV bubble. Gabrielle Hoffman. Von Bohm Bobarkic. Make no mistake, this thread is not about his disdain for the unwashed masses. Not the lack of mass. This is a... Okay, let me do it. Make no mistake, this thread is about his disdain for the unwashed masses. Not the mask. Another. Shook. By those smelly Walmart people. You know, yesterday, I, I have the app for the Weather Channel. I'm a big weather geek. Sorry. It's who I am. And I pay for the premium. And the video started literally with... A lot of us have been wondering whether our neighbors will get the vaccine. And how that will affect us. That's the difference between Dems and Conservatives. Or I won't even say Conservatives, non-progs. I don't give a fuck if you get a vaccine. I don't care if you're fucking goats or you dress up as a goat or you're getting surgery to become a goat. I don't fucking care about you and your life It's none of my goddamn business. None of it. But progressives, never-Trumpers, liberals, the media, they're so busy telling everybody else how to live their life that we get this. That's the difference between, if it was true votes, 80 million people and 75 million people. 75, like the Trump administration, for the reasons that they weren't in everybody's business, they weren't telling people how to live. 80 million believe it is their duty to tell you you're a moron, you don't live your life right, and you just listen to us, we could get you on the right path of wokeness. I mean, for fuck's sake, the White House website has already changed everything to woke pronouns. All of it. Like, overnight they rolled it up. And to prove my point, American horror story actress regrets not assaulting Rand Paul at a dinner. They're so into telling everybody how to live. The left eats itself. Petition inside NPR accuses NPR of white supremacist culture. NPR. Dan Pfeiffer accuses the GOP of weaponizing unity. Chuck Fleischman, executive order signed in the first few weeks of presidency. Trump, four. Obama, eight. Bush, two. Clinton, two. Biden, 17 and going. Can't call yourself bipartisan and unifying when you govern via executive order. The thing that's so silly about it, They're getting rid of the filibuster. So why do they have to executive order? Put it in law. But the point is, every one of the 17 does not have a a majority, near a majority of popularity. It just doesn't. Dan Pfeiffer, Joe Biden ran on a message of unity less than 72 hours in his presidency. The unity message is being weaponized, pouncing, we're pouncing against him. With bad faith arguments from Republicans and others. Here's what's happening and what we need to push back on. To be clear, Biden pursuing his agenda is not divisive. Biden undoing Trump's policy is not divisive. Biden rooting out Trump hacks burrowed in the government is not divisive. Trump hacks. Obama ceded the entire federal government, including the fucking FBI. Did you hear me, FBI? Yeah, you're part of the progs. You're all progs. All you have to do is look at Russia, which we just heard Joy Reid still talking about it. A disproven lie floated by our intel. They proved. She just made it up, and they ran with it. They wanted to run with it because they didn't want Trump. That's our FBI. We don't investigate laptops. We don't investigate fucking a server by a shitter. But we investigate a lie. The text thread is not a one-off. That's your FBI. No one that makes these arguments should be taken seriously, he said. Not to mention the fact that Mitch McConnell is currently engaged in a slow motion coup of sorts by preventing the Democrats from taking the majority. The proper response, any of the Republicans that complains about lack of unity, is to laugh in their face. Senate Republican McConnell has consistently defended the legislative filibuster in both the majority and the minority. McConnell's 2019. America needs the Senate to be the Senate. In this country, radical changes face a high bar by design. It is telling that today's left-wing activists would rather lower that bar than produce ideas that can meet it. I recognize it may seem odd that a Senate Majority Leader opposes a proposal to increase his own power, but my Republican colleagues and I am not and will not vandalize this core tradition for a short-term game. I don't think the filibuster is a problem, and it does generate, on many occasions, a bipartisan solution. We do have some big differences about a number of things, but there are a lot of things we do together. 2017, eliminating the legislative filibuster would fundamentally change the way the Senate has worked for a long time. We're not going to do that. 2012, the Senate has functioned for quite a number of decades without a simple majority threshold for everything we do. It has a good effect because it brings people together. To do anything in the Senate, you have to have some bipartisanship buy-in. 2011. Eliminating the filibuster would unilaterally change the Senate itself. Stephen L. Miller. Nuking the filibuster is the kind of short-term thinking the Democrats are uh, experts at. And the GOP is too fast to play defense on. I mean, do it. And then say hello to a 20-week abortion ban in two years. Have fun. I I don't have his, you know, positivity on that. I think we'll never win an election again. But the point is, they already did it to get the ACA. The Republicans didn't do it. So why do you need executive orders? If it's not because you just don't want them to see the light of day because you know you have cover from the media who won't dig in and actually be honest and say, none of this is popular. Nobody wants everybody legal. Nobody wants $15 an hour. Nobody wants cock and balls racing against goals. Nobody. There was no outcry when Trump resented the bathroom policy. Nobody was in the street other than the same people that pushed for it. Drew Holden brings the receipts and a mega threat on Joe Biden and COVID plan. President Biden, this is a recount, urges Congress to pass more COVID relief. There's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months. Joe Biden promised us better. We were told, this is all um, Drew Holden, <clears throat> over and over again in no uncertain terms, that the Biden team were going to turn the coronavirus pandemic around. Today they told us that wasn't true. We got a lot more examples to go. We're eight months into this pandemic, this is Joe Biden, and Donald Trump still doesn't have a plan to get his virus under control. Washington Examiner, Joe Biden. On the 20th, there's nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic. Nothing. Drew Holden. Over and over again, the campaign told us they were ready for the jump to fix things. Now Joe Biden's in office. Apparently, that's a change. And these are just all Biden tweets. I can read them all. This was the message that Joe Biden delivered throughout the campaign. President Trump still has no plan to address COVID. He quit on you on your family, and America. He just wants to grow numb on the horrors of the death toll on the plane. We cannot afford another four years. If I'm elected president, I won't waste a minute getting this virus under control. We have no time to waste Under, when it comes to getting this virus under control and building our economy back better. Tune in as I announce my American Rescue Plan. Camellia Harris... From day one, Joe Biden and I are ready to get this virus under control and rebuild our economy. Day one, Joe Biden and I, and she repeated this like 45 fucking times, ready to tackle the coronavirus. Barack Obama, this election day, everything is on the line. Our jobs, our health care, whatever, whether or not we get this pandemic under control. What we heard today sounds like spitting image of a white flag waving. We saw this exact message from E. Warren, John Favreau, Yamachiel Cinder, Weijin Jong, Politico, CNN, CNN again, David Korn, uh, Uchi Blackmock. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and their surrogates lied. It's plain and simple. And perhaps I'm being a touch sensitive, but I think that lying to the American people to give them false hope during a pandemic in order to win an election is a terrible thing to do. Biden promised that when with him elected, things would change. They would go better. We would see things change. That was never true. He deliberately spread false hope in an effort to get elected. A big part of the problem is that this kinds of estimates and predictions inform future action, if things will get better so long as we just hunker down, wait for a vaccine, etc., then it makes sense to expect short-term sacrifice to see that realized. That's what we've been told. But it isn't true. It hasn't been true. Biden campaigned on a proactive version of 15 days to slow the spread, and today conceded that, well, it's going to be a lot longer than 15 days. In the interim, the sacrifice will be expected to continue. But under the new calculus, those expectations don't actually make any sense. Just like 15 days to slow the spread doesn't make sense that it's 10 months plus to slow the spread. The consequences are different and severe, and I've tried to explain. We've got to rethink the way we're approaching this because it's tenable. And today, Joe Biden confirmed that the pandemic trajectory isn't going to get any better anytime soon. And the consequences of the lockdown will only keep building. And I know that it can be really easy to give it into anger on this stuff, but so many of those around us are struggling desperately. Food banks are working hard to help, and they need your support, which is why most of us with an IQ above a fucking potato and not consumed with Trump hate didn't vote for this fuck. The illegal and $15 an hour under an economy that is fucked. Well, goddamn, it's never going to get fixed. And if this UK new strain, which is already in the country, because there was no travel ban in the UK, it's like the new movie. Have you seen the trailer of it being day, month 300? CDC says people may receive their follow-up doses of COVID vaccine as much as six weeks later. The guidance posted in January 21st update to the CDC website said a second dose should be administered as close to the recommended schedule as possible, either three three weeks or four weeks, depending on which one you got. NBC 10 Philadelphia, so it came from a liberal source. CDC quietly changes COVID vaccine guidance to OK mixing Pfizer and Moderna shots in exceptional Situation. Which brings me. To my closing. And then a few more sound bites. You know. I'm getting a phone call. Once a week. About getting. A shot. I've been identified. As an obese piece of fucking shit. In categories. So I guess the military is still saying it's not my skin color that gets me a shot. It's actually my medical conditions. And I have not said yes yet. Because I want to talk to a doctor. It's not that I don't trust the government. There are many things that go into this. A, I'd rather my wife get the vaccine first because I love her. I don't want her to get it. B, what will yellow fever... um, one other one that I couldn't remember the name in, in anthrax, I got violently ill off all of them. Just like violently ill. I had 103 temperature on the third booster for anthrax. So I'm a little concerned about getting the shot. But it's no longer a free government. If the left shows you anything, they're the people that cook up murder boards. Whether you want to call them or not, Care is based on if you did what we told you. Remember, from here to here, my stomach is torn. It's not because I'm obese fucking man. I'm chunky. That's not how it tore. It tore lifting something. I will get no medical coverage for it. Because that kind of hernia is classified by the military... As obesity. And if I wasn't obese, it wouldn't have happened. But yet the doctor said you only got to lose 10 pounds. And I'm no longer obese. So they say. So if I turn down this shot, what happens? Do I lose my health care? Do they no longer cover me? Do they no longer cover my wife? What will happen because socialized medicine, all you have to do is research. You don't have to go to Fox News or that evil Newsmax that I only watch one show on and I don't subscribe to anything. Or if you occasionally looked in on your own, which I did for riots because you get unfiltered riot coverage. You can go to CNN, there's articles. People get refused service. A certain time in your life, they're not going to give you any more health care. They're just going to make you feel comfortable. Comfortable. Just get them comfortable and it'll all be good. What happens if you turn down the shot? Because you're just concerned. It's not that you don't trust the government. It's not that you hate the government. It's not because now Joe Biden's giving me my shot. No. I'm concerned about a lot of people. People have died from this shot. And as stated, I'd rather have my wife get it first. I'd rather her be protected. There's, a, there's so many things that people don't want to think about because everything is dogma now. And when the media controls it, it makes it worse. So two sound bites. Number one is that, and I don't think I've played it. Did I play it? Let me make sure I I haven't already played it. I did not play it. This is a PSA by the Babylon Bee. I'm going to pair it perfectly with now Ali Veshi, which is doing what all the media did because they saw that people called out their hypocrisy. And they still, once again, are better than you. They know better than you, they're more educated than you, you're just a fucking Walmart scumbag. And he wants to talk shit about his generally not unruly, as Minneapolis was already ashes.
1: This yours?
2: No,
4: I... Your
1: mother said she found it in your closet.
4: I don't know, one of the guys must Must what? Look, Dad, it's Where not my- Where did you my... get it? Dad, I- Answer
1: me!
3: Who taught you how to do this stuff?
4: You, alright! I learned it by watching you!
0: Extremists who riot learn from other extremists who riot.
10: On the night of Thursday, May 28th, I was standing in front of a burning liquor store at the corner of East Lake Street and Minnehaha Avenue in Minneapolis. Three days had passed since the killing of George Floyd by police, and I'd been at that intersection for six hours watching and reporting on the frustration growing. I talked about it for 90 seconds. I described the scene in detail to my colleague, Brian Williams, who was anchoring in New York City, and I was concerned... That the impression a viewer might get from watching a police station overcome and a buildings burning was that of a riot or that Minneapolis itself was burning. And it wasn't. So I wanted to emphasize that there had been and remained an overwhelming majority of the protesters who were peaceful and not participating in any violence. So I did for about 20 seconds after my minute and a half report. And that 20 seconds is the only part of several days of reporting that the right-wing media continues to circulate. In fact, by late in the presidential campaign, an inaccurate blending of the events of those days became a regular laugh line for Donald Trump, who repeatedly told rally-goers some version of this story about how the media embraced, downplayed, and encouraged violence. That 20-second clip of my reporting, without the context, made its way to the floor of Congress as part of a hearing. But here's the truth. Most of the media did not excuse or condone violence. Some of us, like me, did work hard to contextualize it. And there is a distinction between the violent protests and protests that have violence. Now, critics wonder why is there widespread revulsion at the violence at the Capitol when I and others have spent months trying to say that violence can be a necessary part of protest. Well, for starters, the Capitol is not a liquor store. Rabbi Yossi Levine of the Manhattan Jewish Center sent that line in a message to his congregants about the attack, saying of the Capitol, quote, when someone breaks its windows, it's not criminal mischief. It's an assault on democracy and decency. And that is the point. Violence must always be understood in context. The violence of the anti-apartheid movement, the civil rights movement, the Indian independence campaign, any violence at all that fights injustice is violence with meaning behind it, born of the failure of other means and methods of redress. The killing of Ahmad Arbery by white vigilantes in Georgia and of George Floyd by Ni- Minneapolis police are facts authenticated and witnessed on video by millions. Violence that means to spread democracy and injustice and encourage fairness in the application of the rule of law has nothing at all in common with the wanton anti-democratic riots of January 6th, fueled by Donald Trump and QAnon conspiracy theories of an election that was stolen.
0: It's perfect pairing. Perfect. Because that's what's getting people angry and upset. Then you have this last little article. Biden administration changes U.S. ambassador to Israel into U.S. ambassador to Israel, the West Bank, and Gaza. Day one policy shift signals new admin does not consider any part of this area as Israeli territory. And then they switched it back. When you break down this last election... I'm going to use a really weird reference to explain why people are angry. Why people on the left and right, far left, and just non-progs, not just really the right, are having so much conflict. And that's the Waltons. I know that sounds crazy. Me and the wife go out and we look at old cemeteries. And understand land between the lakes is sold by the U.S. government as an Indian trail. All right. Indians used this back in the day. But the reality is that is all land that people owned. And in the name of progress, they booted everybody off their land, they put a dam, and they flooded it. I made reference to it and, oh brother, where art thou? And you find these family plots. So I watched this episode of the Waltons. Call me a geek. I like the Waltons every once in a while. And it's a two part where they were putting in a new national park and they were booting all these people off the Blue Ridge Mountains. Regardless, you got a house with 20 acres, but these were people that had moved there with the expansion. Early settlers, they lived their whole life there. They had these plots of land. They sublet that land to their family members. They just lived their whole lifetime. And these people up until armed conflict literally had guns. Didn't want to leave their land because, in the words of Danny Walton, not Grandpa, they don't understand that change. They know that they worked their whole lives to make this theirs, it was their land. It wasn't fancy. Didn't have running plumbing. Didn't have. You had to go get the water. It, it was old school. And there's still people in the Appalachia that live that way, whether people want to understand it. And they didn't want to leave that land. And I felt myself kind of getting emotional watching this, because it tied into those family plots where generations back till. The You know, 18-something, like 01 and 02 was some headstones. There's, There's headstones that go back to the 1700s in that area, but you can't read them anymore. Or they're just a piece of jutted rock on the bottom. That's those people. And it made me really think of how we do this, how we classify people. The media automatically, with that nice New York Times thing, looks down on those people. They look down on people like me. Remember, I, I'm a white supremacist because I wear camouflage hats and I got a beard. Dip Copenhagen, drive a Jeep. I'm suspect. But they look down on them because they don't live their lives like they do going to freaking corner stores to get their groceries in New York City and not owning cars. I mean, how many things have we done over these last five years? of those that have listened to the podcast, just literally talking about shit like that. How they just look down on you because you don't live like them. And then you tie in the COVID and everything we talked about in this last hour and a half of just judging, telling you how to live your life. It's not about black and white. It's not about women and men. It's not like going back to the 50s. They're not looking for days of yore, and the diversification of America that's not what they're angry about what people are angry about what this election was about for a lot of people was just being Americans being able to be America I've said it about a billion times I've been all over this country it's huge, it's different everywhere the norms, the values, the way people live not even the same it is the beauty of this country But Democrats will cookie-cutter the fuck out of you. They'll tell you how to live, what you can say, what you can think. They're already doing it. His executive orders are so fucking extreme. There are so many of them. Down to Israel. So, of course, those people see things slipping away. I mentioned, you know, my biggest beef is conservatives that couldn't, or people that thought they were conservative, or non-progs, that couldn't pull the trigger on Trump because he's such a bad person. Yeah, he is. He's not a good guy. He wasn't presidential. But he became the president because people like them voted in Obama twice because it felt good. As he slowly changed everything about our country, where he, a community organizer, made everything about protesting. And he radicalized every department of the government and turned it into intersectionality, from your grade school to your college. And as I talk about on the show, we used to do clown music to crazy-ass fucking shit that is now policy. Pronouns. We mocked it year two of this show. Went to websites. How to find out what a fucking turf was. That's policy now. The fringe, $15 an hour, is policy. Allowing everybody to be in here and no borders. What used to be Marxist, anarchist, anapha shit is policy. No border. No ice, total chaos, murderers going to stay in the country. You go do a murder and you're white, you're going to jail. Bail reform, policy. I don't play the clown music anymore. I don't even do news and social media nuggets. It's not that I liked Trump, it's not that I thought he was a great president. But you got Trump because y'all went after Obama and thought he was great shit. So presidential. A community organizer that a fucking game show host took over the country. And your party. Because years, principled conservatives weren't listening to those people that are no different than those Blue Ridge Mountain people on the fucking Waltons. They don't care about color, sexual orientation, pronouns. They just wanted to be able to keep their way of life, their culture, be able to train their kids to judge everybody on their character, not their color, who they fuck, or what clothes they wear because they felt like a girl that day. That's all they wanted. That's what America used to be. But now, if you hold those values, that America is a great place just like it is, that our form of government is just fine with checks and balances so not one party can take it off in a direction that 50% of the country don't agree with. Take your popular vote, shove it in your fucking ass. That mail-in ballot, I don't give a fuck what you say. There's no checks and balances on that shit. People that were, there's multi-votes, there's all sorts of shit. Biden's the president. I'm not saying it should be taken over by secessionists and seditionists. I'm just saying. That's bullshit. You know it's bullshit. But you're going with it because you hate them. 50% of the country thinks totally different. of the country just wants to live their goddamn life and not be told how to live within the four walls of their house. But over the last two years, we've had people tell you what you can say, how you can think, take away your digital profile, tell you you must eat with a mask. You must be masked in your house. You can't leave your house. And it was all kabuki theater because it's clearly obvious with Biden... Who said Trump was the virus. And he was going to fix the virus. He's not fixing shit. Because nobody's responsible for this virus. Other than fucking China. Who linked it the fuck out. They leaked it out. And it got in the world before they told anybody. That's who responsible. But with our complicit media. We now have lied to the whole country. That now this president. Is just going to turn back the clock. COVID's going to go away. And then it's okay to come into office and take everything your predecessor and all the people that worked for him and banish them from the public discourse. That's all under the umbrella of, okay, that sounds good. Because Trump's bad. But yet, if a principled conservative that even my two never-Trumpers go, what a great guy, he's read the Federalist Papers he goes in office and does that, it will be un-American. If Republicans said, we're going to make a bunch of states and make a bunch of new voters so that we never lose power, that's a power grab. If they got rid of the filibuster so there is no bipartisanship at all, oh, that's un-American. So, of course people don't watch CNN, MSDNC, ABC, CBS, PBS, of course they don't watch it. They've watched four years of histrionics over the dumbest shit. In less than two months, we've watched all that be what it was, kabuki theater to win an election. From troops to COVID, to constitution to agenda. Agenda. And a president walked in and did 17 executive orders that are not popular with this country at all. There's no deep dive. There's no pushback. There's questions about what color Air Force One will be. And on the very same day, that gentleman signed a executive order that you must wear a mask on federal land. He violated it, and the media was just for it. I was going to look up the soundbite of Chris Cuomo mocking the president. He's so manly. When he got released from having COVID, he stood on a balcony by himself on the White House without a mask, by himself, outside. That was a whole day of media. Biden not wearing a mask was five minutes, and it was deflected by a press secretary, who is awesome because she makes no news and she doesn't answer any questions. Same media. Same network. I think if people could re-align their heads, stop reading the New York Times and WAPO, step back and understand what is the problem with America, it is that it's okay For everybody to dog people that they don't agree with who happen to be non-progressive, demean them, call them names, and not let them have any public discourse, digitally or other, and blanket it under white supremacy. It's not about race. It's not about gender. It's about what we believe America is. My vote for Trump wasn't for Trump. As crazy as it sounds, I'm not trying to make myself a hero or I'm a great person. It was for America. What America is. What it's supposed to be. Because in my heart... After just 17 executive orders, the $15 an hour, everybody becomes legal, second state, no filibuster, complicit media, it's America no more. I could be wrong, but the more I talk to people who think like me, that's kind of the consensus. So this wraps up another episode. Of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please go to FopPodcast.com. You'll get the audio for these two shows and the video for these two shows. Check out the Twitter account at FOP Tony Reed. Our next show will be the 27th of January, Yield Overlord 2021. Maybe have a little fun on that. Maybe talk about an NFC championship game that my Packers don't lose. That'd be kind of fucking cool. I hope y'all have a good week going ahead enjoy this weekend disconnect from all your devices don't give the yeah yes. we're going to end on goya president talking about america in general and tune in for our next show as always thanks for watching or listening and take care and goya foods
6: has just finished your biggest most successful year ever yes
3: you know the problem is it's a political year and and you know they weaponized coronavirus Unfortunately, to shut down this economy, the worst thing we can do is shut down our economy, kill our spirit. You know, we have a we need a reason to get up in the morning. God, family, work. And they're taking away our spirit. They're taking away our ability to work. They essentially call, uh, you know, declared martial law, I believe, in this country, shutting everything down. It's the worst thing we could have done just for political gain. I think it's criminal, criminal. I think it's immoral to shut down this economy for this basically political reasons. And, you know, uh, we're one nation under God. We're not one nation under Twitter. We're not one nation, you know, under big media or under central government. We're trying to have media, uh, big tech control our lives, the government control our lives and... You know, we need to not move away from God. We need to move closer to God. They want to cancel God. They want to cancel our speech. They want to cancel our culture, our history, our liberty. They want to control us, the few controlling the many, like a bunch of sheep. You know, none of these people care about us. You know, we cannot move away from God. We need to love and to build, not hate and destroy You know, some of us want to be one nation indivisible. You can't be indivisible without God. We have to pray. We Mm -hmm. have to have hope. And we have to move closer to God. Otherwise, it's not a pretty picture.